Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Pretty Normal Podcast, a show that reimagines what society considers normal. Each week, I interview different guests about the topics they're most passionate about. This is the second episode released this weekend, yesterday's episode featuring Marlise Hardiman, CEO and founder of Transformation Speaks, is out now on Spotify, Apple, and Google, working on getting it up on YouTube as well, the visual form. So go check that out. That was a great episode all about her story and her experience dealing with domestic violence and sexual abuse and the organization that she's created to give a voice to other people who are who have experienced this and need a platform to speak about the issues that, that they've dealt with. Go check that out. Now back to our normal weekly episode release. This week, I had the opportunity to interview Michael Shu, an intergenerational healer, host of the Heal from the Ground Up podcast and author of the book hilariously titled You Are the Fucking Shit, Heal Your Anxiety, Anger, and Depression from the Ground Up. This was a really, really cool experience and a first for the show. Instead of just doing a traditional interview the way that we usually do, Michael actually volunteered and let me gave me the opportunity to do a spiritual healing session with him and it was freaking awesome. Freaking awesome, man. Really, really cool. Um, what better time than now to do a healing session like that when we're all freaking out and everybody's got to stay inside that was really dope i highly recommend everyone go check out his website and contact him for an appointment michael shu i'm going to leave all of his links in the bio below so go check that out and no monologue this week just because i did a pretty extensive one did a 10 minute one yesterday all about the things that i hope society changes after changes after the coronavirus outbreak and the pandemic so go check that out go check out yesterday's episode go binge the rest of the episodes while you got time inside and yeah let's just keep trying to stay productive and positive as we go through this and we stay in quarantine so without further ado my name is xavier diaz and you are now listening to a pretty normal podcast this gift of high sensitivity is an incredible gift but if we don't use it consciously and correctly then it's a double-edged sword because it can cause us pain or harm, emotional pain or emotional harm. Mm-hmm. Now, if you misuse your gift of high sensitivity and high empathy, you can subconsciously zap yourself into somebody else's movie thinking it's your own. And in that scenario, it's incredibly painful, confusing, and even traumatic because no matter what you do, nothing ever changes because it's not your movie you're listening to a pretty normal podcast a show that highlights the fascinating stories and thought-provoking moments that make up our lives my name is xavier diaz and i want to hear your story So here with Michael Shu, author, podcaster, and intergenerational healer of anxiety, anger, and depression. So this is exciting. I'm very, very excited. Like I said, um, off off mic, I've never done a spiritual 
therapy session like this, a spiritual healing session. So I think this would be a great time with all the things that are happening right now. And I'm very excited, Michael. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll begin with a personal story mm-hmm. and you'll get a visual of what, what it's like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So, wow. Well, it's, uh, so, you know, I have a baby boy, he's six months old mm-hmm. and 10 days before he was born, uh, I, it, I had terrible insomnia. I would uh, sleep for three or four hours and wake up in the middle of the night. And once I, because I had to either change a diaper or go to the restroom and immediately I feared I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. And that was almost always the case. Mm. So, and this happened for two months straight. And so my son was actually born in the Czech Republic because that's where my wife has access to free healthcare Mm -hmm. due to her citizenship, citizenship there. Mm-hmm. And so when up until for those two months, I kept on having these uh, episodes of uh, insomnia. And I was, I was thinking, man, if this keeps on going, my worst fear is I'm going to die. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not logical, but we're all thinking like the reason why we have these negative emotions, uh, anxiety, anger, depression, the, way, the reason why we fixate on a certain problem is because we don't want the worst fear to happen. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we don't want the worst fear to happen is because it'll bring, if it came true, it'll bring up some uncomfortable feeling in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for example, there's a mantra that I tell people to center themselves. Problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So the thinking mind, the one that thinks a lot, always thinking, always doing, tells us, you know, if we fix a certain problem, then we will fix that. Um, it is a certain problem causing a, a, a certain negative emotion and negative feeling. So if we fix the problem, we'll fix the feeling. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the feeling preceded the problem. And the whole issue is the feeling. So I'm thinking like, if, well, if I were to die, then I would cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And that is, the, the root of that is feeling worthless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that doesn't make sense in this scenario, but like, so when I come home, my parents pick me up at the airport, me and my family, and we have dinner together, all that, that same night. <clears throat> and when I talk to my, uh, my parents, we share stories on how they raised me as a newborn and how, uh, well, I'm sorry, on, we shared stories on also on how me and my wife raised our newborn. Mm-hmm. And then I found out for the first time ever that my mother never took care of me at night. No, you're... because yeah, because she was scared. If I were to wake her up, she wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. Mm, wow. She's extremely fearful of death mm. for her whole life up until now. Uh, she fixates on health and safety to avoid that fear. So, for example, you know, I live right now. You know, as I get ba- better financial, um, get my finances straight, but I live in the addition of my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And so these windows, these blinds, uh, you, probably people not, on the podcast are not able to see it. They're like open to let the sunlight in. But once <clears> the sun starts uh, setting, my mom will come in, freak out, like, you better close all the blinds. What do you do? You're putting on a show because some bad person is going to be able to see you. And the whole house is surrounded by walls so nobody can see me. So is that just how she grew up or why does she feel like that? So like she always was like this. She was like that before I was <clears throat> born, you know, mm-hmm. because 
my grandmother, okay? My grandmother, when she was five years old, her father divorced her mother because he was a high-ranking general. This is, you know, World War II in, in China. Mm-hmm. And she's, he, he wanted to marry somebody uh, prettier and better educated. So my grandma's mother had to live a life of poverty after that, severed from her first child and was abandoned. Mm-hmm. So that fear of death is rooted in the feeling of worthlessness and feeling abandoned. And so my grandmother, um, so she, so my grandma's uh, father remarried and the stepmother did not want my grandmother a part of the family because that would illegitimize her existence. She doesn't want to be the stepmother. She doesn't want to be the second wife. Mm-hmm. She wants to be the only person. So my grandmother is raised by her grandparents, but this is World War II times communists are attacking Japanese are invading it's a world of death violence and murder yeah so she's fleeing to she flees the safety to her father's new home with the stepwife step mm-hmm. uh, stepmother and his first reaction to her at the door is disappointment because he knows that his second wife will be angry so with her life on the line, her life does not matter mm-hmm. to her father. Mm-hmm. You no, know? I mean she. She. This is a lot of death. She would, like, when she was a teenager, uh, communists invaded her home, but she was hiding in the barn, and she saw her family members lined up and killed execution style. So Jesus, this, like, that is traumatic. Yeah. But the thing is, during this time, her father did not protect her. So she's ninety-three years old right mm-hmm. now, and for the longest time. When we have family lunches, family dinners, her body is facing outwardly because she feels like she's subconsciously she's not a part of the family. Mm, mm. That is that is some deep rooted like uh, trauma and and behaviors that you subconsciously start um, developing. Yeah, and my mother, you know, my grandma favored my uncle over my mother because she was raised traditionally. So there's some of that, but also my mother internalized my grandma's feelings of abandonment her grandma's feeling abandonment who she never even met mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no it and just so kept she, getting passed down and so she like but this is not her stuff this is not her pain or trauma but so she doesn't know that so she has to create something mm-hmm. a fear of death through like some bad person's gonna invade our home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or health and safety we're gonna die and so if because if you die you cease to exist mm. a lot of people fear death because it's taking the feeling of worthlessness all the way to the extreme. Because mm-hmm. if you die, you cease to exist. You don't exist. So how is she feeling during all these crazy times? I mean, I'm used to it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been coronavirus since I was born. You know? <laughs> yeah, just that fear all you the know, time. Like, so, so like the house, she, you know, she, she lives in a nice neighborhood, but the windows are all barred up. Wow. And she has an alarm system, a surveillance system. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, she has, she, she, for her bedroom, she has in a door lock, a chain lock, and then she puts a chair against the door handle. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. And there's also like, so in the addition, there's a bedroom, there's a bathroom window. And, you know, I don't, my wife likes opening to get some air in, but at night before we go to bed, like my mom freaks out if it's open because there's a tree 
and someone next to it. It's like, what if come you in. can't climb the tree? The tree is so like, it's like very thin and skinny. Yeah, that so, don't like, stop her from thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't, once you get onto the branches, you'll fall right. There's no, there's no leverage. But to her, like, yeah. you know, like, so that's, um, so, but then that's why if I don't get good enough sleep, mm-hmm. I panic, mm-hmm. I freak out. Like nothing scares me more than not sleeping enough. Or sometimes I may not sleep at all. And that will freak me out because I'll, I'm going to die. But I've, instead of like thinking about the fear of death, I focus on, well, if that came true, how would that make me feel? Make me feel like I don't exist, that I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's really scary. Insomnia is really scary because what if it happens the next night and then the next night and then you just can't sleep and then you start thinking about it more and then you start thinking, am I making myself not sleep because I'm thinking so much? But am I yeah, thinking yeah. so much because I'm not sleeping? And then the cycle continues. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. So how did you get into this therapy, this um, this healing? Um, I mean, I never had the growing up I never had the confidence that I could do so I didn't believe that I could Mm -hmm. just to even learn it Mm -hmm. Um, but it was in a breakup of a relationship that I had to really take a step back and wonder why did she do the things she did Mm -hmm. and doing that I gained confidence that I could actually use my intuition to understand others and myself Mm. and that set the whole ball rolling and I started I had a holistic health practice I would help people with their physical well-being then I started flipping the switch and also asking about the emotional core to their physical health problems mm-hmm. and then like 70% of them would just fall because at the core of their physical issues was an emotional core wow yeah that's amazing I'm, I'm excited to do this when, whenever you want to start man okay, this okay. is great alright all right. so um, like to ask you <laughs> what uh, how are you feeling and what would you like to focus on for today Mm, having so, having said having said mm-hmm. that, uh, we're going to use an e- a process, an emotional toolkit, to help you get to the root of uh, all any negative emotion, feeling, and problem you want to work through. Mm. But I want I don't want you to feel restricted by this process. So at any time you want to say something outside of the process, mm-hmm. feel free to do so. Cool. Okay. Um. Yeah. So things that I'm feeling. Well, for the last few days. Obviously, the coronavirus uh, pandemic has everyone pretty freaked out. What I've been mainly, I guess, uh, concerned about is the job losses that are going to happen. I did. I started a job February 3rd, a brand new job February 3rd before all of this. So I had a month there before everything really started hitting the fan. So what my biggest fear from like last week or a week and a half ago was oh man, what if this keeps going on and then the company has to decide to do job cuts? I'm the new guy. There is no way that I'm top priority. I'm new here. It's very easy to let me go. They were doing you know, fine without me before here. So that's what I've been concerned about is not so much the, the health implications. I do understand the health implications, but more so the job losses is what's been making me nervous. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, very good example. Uh, is there anything else you want to incorporate you'll, that you would also like to focus on for today? That way I get a bigger mm-hmm. picture. Um, that's been the biggest one, just jo- job loss, just being worried about that. Um, my wife's immune system is 
uh, a weaker immune system. She does, when she gets sick, she gets sick pretty easily. So um, obviously she's been concerned about the, the virus and everything because she's afraid that if she gets it, it'll affect her really badly to the point where, you know, she would have to be hospitalized. So that's obviously taken a toll on us as well, on our household. So we've been thinking about that as well. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So you worry for her well-being? Mm -hmm. Yes. Got it, got it. All right. So the process that we're going to use is called the Emotional Strength FIST process, mm. right? F stands for feeling. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell yourself feeling is healing. Feeling is healing. Yes. And so the thinking mind, the one that like... You're always, uh, let me, let me ask you, are you, do you find yourself thinking, thinking, overthinking or in constantly doing? Um, these days I've been constantly doing just because, uh, I, I finally have the time to do a bunch of like the creative stuff that I've wanted to do. But okay, okay. you know, when I'm at a nine to five job, I definitely do end up thinking a lot about just random things. Got it. Got it. Got it. So thoughts on and actions are important and they are the ship that will help you get to your destination mm -hmm. but your captain is feeling mm -hmm. okay so feeling isn't the end all be all but it is laying the bricks laying the foundation for all other levels of healing and awareness to be possible okay? mm. so yes we're going to an analyze and un use our mind to uncover what's the root of all but it's important that you tell yourself feeling is healing we don't feeling. like to feel because feel we associate feeling with feeling pain, mm -hmm. but I want you to reframe pain as an emotional wound. Mm. So feeling is healing because it connects you to love. So even if you feel the emotional wound or feel the pain, it begins the healing process by giving it the medicine of love in order to heal. Mm. But if we're constantly thinking, constantly doing, then we are avoiding the emotional wound. And when we avoid a wound, what happens? It grows. It grows. Okay. It doesn't get treated. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. And like I said, it is that mantra that we want to use to center ourselves. Problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Mm -hmm. Now, that means, what does that mean? That means the thinking mind tells us that it is a problem causing us a negative feeling. But in reality, the feeling pre-existed. Pre the problem. So even if we fix the problem, the core issue, the negative feeling will still exist. It will say something negative about you, but they are just weeds. It's not true about who you really are. You need to identify them, uncover them, so they don't control how you uh, subconsciously control how you feel and think. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now we get we do that we we want to identify these weeds but that's when we do the i which mm -hmm. is identify in the fist process mm -hmm. okay so in order to identify your feelings we're going to use the process the pewf process mm -hmm. okay? we call it the poof process mm -hmm. before we uh, begin i want to ask you what emotions do you experience are the three main negative emotions and there are subcategories to each one. So first one is anxiety, worry, or fear. Mm -hmm. The second one is anger or frustration. Mm -hmm. And the third one is depression, emotional suppression, 
or sadness, which is really just suppressing and numbing how you feel. Mm, so st- one from each of those three categories. Do you ex- which ones do you experience? Um, it, it what was the it was anxiety. What else? Anxiety, worry, or fear. Um, definitely worry more than anxiety. I like. I just because I don't want to say that I have anxiety because I know people who have like clinical anxiety and are diag- and you know they take medication for it and stuff and I'm definitely not there but definitely worry you know I get anxious as well I'm I'm human so I get anxious about things I wouldn't say I have anxiety per se but I do get anxious about things uh, worry what were the other ones oh uh, frustration frustration anger definitely frustration okay yeah more frustration than than anger definitely just frustration with things that are out of my control that's why that's what kills me is like i'm okay. i know i can't do anything about them but it frustrates me got it do you experience any emotional suppression um hmm. that's a good question you'd have to ask my wife <laughs> because, um because the because the when you say worry that's like a mental way of uh experiencing anxiousness mm. Because it's like in right in the head, right? We mm-hmm. worry in our mind to avoid our feelings. Mm-hmm. Frustration, anger is, doesn't have to be something that's violent. Mm-hmm. Frustration is just repressed anger. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's just frustration and and anger about things that I can't control, and so I, I feel like yeah, I suppress them. Got it, got it. So tell so poof process. P E W F P is problem. E is emotion. So tell me what problem or situation brings up strong feelings of anxiety worry or fear in you Mm, what situations bring those feelings up definitely uh being at a new job was making me worried and anxious just because i i would constantly think like oh man like am i good enough for this like why did they hire me like there there are other people they could have hired why me and then um so being at a new job for sure brings up feelings of worry um is there another, because I like to get, like, see, like, uh, different layers or different connecting dots. Is there another problem or situation that brings up strong feelings of anxiousness, worry, or fear? Hmm. Another situation that brings up feelings of worry, anxiety. Um, hmm. Just, uh looking at looking at my student loan debt uh, uh, number just looking at it and being like wow this thing is never going to get paid down and like I'm going to be paying this forever they're going to garnish my social security and my pension just because yeah for sure financial financial stuff always just it, makes me it. a little anxious got it got it got it got it all right so what problem or situation brings up strong feelings of anger or frustration ooh man uh, politics, politics gets me all worked up because there's just so much stuff that like, I wish, I wish would go one way, but it doesn't. And when it doesn't go that way, I'm just like, damn, you know, I can't believe that like people are voting for this guy or, or people are feeling like this. So that definitely brings up a strong feeling of frustration. Um, when, when me and my wife, okay, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 I was going to say, when me and my wife argue about things and we can't see eye to eye, that definitely uh, brings up feelings of frustration for both of us. When you argue, what about it is frustrating? Um, well, what frustrates me? When it's going on too long, where we're, when we're just going in circles and we're not really solving anything. So it's just like we're, we're both just repeating 
you know, we don't agree and we're saying, I'm saying my point of view, she's saying her point of view, we're not going anywhere and it just keeps dragging on. That definitely uh, frustrates me. Got it, got it, got it, got it. All right. So we want to identify these weeds, these core negative feelings. They're going to say something negative about you, but they're not true about who you really are. Mm -hmm. But we want to, and I'll explain a little more later on, is we want to cut the head off the snake. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not true, but we need to identify it. So it doesn't, so it no longer controls how you feel and think subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in order to identify these weeds, we want to do the W in the proof process, PWF, and that's worst fear, worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. You take the original problem, mm -hmm. stretch it all the way to your worst fear, worst case scenario, and mm -hmm. tell me what does that look like? All right. So, so for uh, the first thing, you said new job. New job. Yeah. I think they're kind of related. New job, student loan debt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stretch that to your worst fear, worst case scenario. Worst case, I get fired. So, my worst case when I started the job February 3rd was that I would get fired within the first week and then I would have to go back to my old job, which I didn't like. So that was definitely a fear. And yeah, that would have been a worst case scenario. I just got how hired about, and fired. To, to have no job. Have no because, job. Yeah. Because I'm not saying what is logical or practical, but speaking from the place of the anxiousness or the fear, it's always thinking about the worst fears mm -hmm. in order to prevent it from happening. Yeah. So just no Even job. Even though it's not logical. Having no job. Yeah. No job and stuck with this ever growing student loan debt. Yeah. That would never get paid off. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, let's say when, uh, like you have an argument with your wife mm -hmm. and it just keeps on dragging on. What's your worst fear, worst case scenario? Um, that we leave each other, that we just, that she just gets sick of it. And she's just like, I'm done with this. That's definitely worst case. Worst so, fear. so worst case scenario. So when it dra drags on too long, you're like, uh Oh, what if this keeps on going and we don't work out? And then she leaves. Is that, exactly. Is that yeah. what you're thinking? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you want to, I don't know if you want to explore this, but mm -hmm. politics is a sensitive thing, but like if you were to stretch that to your worst case scenario, what does that look like? Uh, worst case scenario for that is that we elect Joe Biden and then, you know, everybody gets comfortable again and nothing changes. We forget about, you know, all the progress we've made towards universal health care, towards uh, legalization of marijuana, towards uh, a green new deal. We just, yeah. Worst case scenario is that no progress gets made in all these last four years of Bernie just out there really driving the, the, the movement just goes away. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we want to do the F in the P E W F proof process. Mm -hmm. F stands for feeling about the cell. Mm hmm. You want to imagine if your worst fear, worst case scenario were to come true, how would that make you feel about who you are? Now, there are three common feelings that com come up. I call mm -hmm. them FWP. Mm -hmm. F stands for failure or failing others. Mm -hmm. W stands for, and there's uh, subcategories of this, worthlessness. Worthless. Mm -hmm. For example, like, I don't matter. I'm alone. People don't care about me. I'm neglected. Mm -hmm. I'm disrespected. I'm abandoned. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the third one is P, which is powerlessness. This comes in two different forms and they're high, highly related. 
Mm-hmm. So the first one is powerless as a fixer, mm-hmm. meaning that you feel immensely responsible for others. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, with this mindset, you're using your personal key to drive the vehicle of life for another, mm-hmm. and it's impossible. So in that situation, you're going, you're trying to be in control of something that is out of your control, mm. which will make you feel powerless. Mm. Also, just simply needing to be in control at all times. I have a lot of clients who tell me that they need to be in control 100% of the time, and the moment they're not in control, they freak out. Mm-hmm. And one classic symptom of needing to be in control is constantly thinking, constantly doing. And remember, control is a coping mechanism. We want to control a certain situation to prevent a bad situation from happening. Of course, because if that worst fear, worst case scenario were to happen, it bring up the head of the snake, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. core negative feeling, and mm-hmm. we don't want to feel it. So that whole mechanism is very interesting. P E W F is kind of like what people call the ego. I call it the thinking mind. Thinking mind says fixate on the problem. Fixate on the emotion, anxiety, anger, depression. Oh, that's the one that's causing my pain. Mm-hmm. Or fixate on the worst fear to prevent it. All of which is designed to help you avoid feeling that core negative feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but if you avoid it, what happens? Like for example, if a bear were to run after you, would you run? It's obvious, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you feel when you feel these feelings, the question you want you want to ask is, do you run? Mm-hmm. Because if you run and avoid by constantly thinking, constantly doing, then you're saying these negative feelings are true. Mm-hmm. You're saying that you are a failure, that you are worthless, that you are powerless by avoiding them. But that's why it's so important to identify this core negative feeling to begin to cut the head head off the snake. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's. Imagine if your worst fear, worst case, and were to come true, how would that make you feel? The F, W, P, and Y, failure, mm, yeah. worthless, and powerless. So they go to the first one: no job and in ever-growing debt. Mm-hmm. How would that make you feel? The F, W, P, and Y, failure, uh, worthless, or powerless. Yeah. Definitely like a failure if I were to have no job and just get fired. Uh, definitely failure, definitely worthless, definitely would make me feel like a sense of, of, of just like I'm not good enough. And then powerless. Because uh, you want to, because um, these are the FWP is a general guideline. You want to mm-hmm. ans- answer why. So if it would make you feel worthless because? It would make me feel worthless because I would feel like I'm not good enough. Like I'm not, like I just didn't deserve this this role, this job. Got it. Failure because I failed to to live up to you know obviously they they would have saw something in me in the interview process and I failed to live up to that so that would got make it, me got feel it. Got and it. then powerless mm, I wouldn't feel powerless I think I would feel more the the first two got it got it got it so with politics no progress is made mm-hmm. if that were to come true how would mm-hmm. that make you feel the fwp and why failure worthless or powerless mm. now for this one i would feel more powerless than than failure and worthless i would definitely feel powerless like nothing i say nothing i do matters they're just gonna you know the whoever's in charge is the one making calling the shots and there's no hope there's no uh there's no there's no role or say or anything i can do about it got it got it got it all right um with the argument with the wife, 
worst fear, worst case scenario is that she leaves, or if there's something else, let me know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, if she were to leave the relationship, the marriage, how would that make you feel? The FWP and why? Oh man, worthless and powerless. Yeah, that would make me feel like uh, a failure, a failure of marriage. Like I couldn't, we couldn't bring it to to work together. I would definitely feel like a failure because of that, because we couldn't, we couldn't work out our differences. Uh, it would make me feel powerless for sure because I couldn't do anything to stop things from escalating and from getting to the to the breaking point. Oh, because you feel responsible for the the well being of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then. Um, I don't know if I would feel worthless, more powerless and failure. You wouldn't feel alone. Yeah, I would feel alone. I would definitely feel alone. That's, that's part of, of, um, worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. All right. Since we identified your core negative feelings, Mm -hmm. now we can move on to the S part of the S uh, F I S T process. Mm-hmm. And S stands for separation. Mm-hmm. Okay, separate from what doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Before we uh, clarify what this means, I want to ask you a question. If somebody around you is feeling anxious, angry, sad, or depressed, are you able to feel it, pick up on it, or sense it? Yeah, I think so. Got it. Can you give me an example? Um. You know, when my wife's quiet and she's um, she's not feeling, she's not acting like her her cheerful self. I definitely pick up on it real quick. Got it, got it, got it. So that speaks about the ability and the gift of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Everybody is born with some level of sensitivity, but the way you answer that question puts you in the category of the one out of five who are highly sensitive and have high empathy. Mm. Okay. So another way to understand separation is by asking yourself this question. And before you do so, I want you to pull up those negative emotions, those worst fears and core negative feelings like, oh, no, no money. And that'd be a failure. Mm-hmm. She were mm-hmm. to leave. I feel alone. Oh, I mm-hmm. feel powerless if I if nothing changes. Mm-hmm. I feel powerless and just like trying to help the, the, the well-being of your, your marriage or her or her feel her feelings itself. Mm-hmm. Okay? So pull up all of that and mm-hmm. ask yourself, who else in my life feels this way? Or another question you can ask is, whose movie am I in? Mm, mm. What does that mean? Because this gift of high sensitivity is an incredible gift. Mm-hmm. But if we don't use it consciously and correctly, then it's a double-edged sword. Mm. Because it can cause us pain or harm, emotional pain or emotional harm. Mm-hmm. Now, if you misuse your gift of high sensitivity and high empathy, you can subconsciously zap yourself into somebody else's movie thinking it's your own. And in that scenario, it's incredibly painful, confusing, and even traumatic because no matter what you do, nothing ever changes because it's not your movie. Mm, mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, There are many, many people in which you can find yourself in the movie of, Mm -hmm. but we'll begin with the first people you ever knew Mm -hmm. and which is your parents. Parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to, the connections that we'll make, they're not necessarily clear in the beginning, but they're clear when we complete the process. Mm -hmm. So we're going to apply the same PEWF proof process 
to each one of your parents. And we're going to begin with the parent that is more emotionally expressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I, I grew up with just my mother. I didn't grow up with my father, so I don't know too much about him. Uh, I grew up in a household where it was my mom, my aunt, my grandma, my uncle. So I definitely had family members that I grew up with, but my father was not a president at the time. So we can start with my mom. Okay. And so what emotions did she, did she experience out of anxiety, anger, or depression? <laughs> she for sure uh, displays, um, you know, anxiety. And uh, I don't know if she feels depression. She's pretty good at hiding it if, if she does. But what was the, the other one, the one in the middle? Anger or frustration. Oh, anger. Anger and frustration, both. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So what problem or situation brings up strong feelings of anxiety, worry, or fear? For her, definitely financial financial burdens growing up. Uh, you know, we had a lot of financial problems and everything. And I, I would remember seeing her crying when we couldn't pay bills or anything. So that was definitely um, something that brought up that feeling of anxiety for her. And I got it. What problem or situation brings up strong feelings of anger or frustration in her? <laughs> she gets she she gets mad so fast so a lot of things uh when people aren't doing what she she wants when people are um when yeah just when she when she loses a, a feeling of control she's definitely i think somebody who likes to have things in her control so when people are not listening to her or not following her direction mm-hmm. yes got it got it got it all right so with the finances, what is her worst fear, worst case scenario? Since she was the one really providing for the entire family, I think her worst fear would be that we would have gotten evicted and that everything would have been on her because she wouldn't be able to provide for us anymore. So fail to provide for the family. Mm-hmm. Be homeless and yeah. really fail to provide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Taking notes. Mm-hmm. All right. If that, if her worst fear were to happen, how would that make her feel? The FWP and why failure, worthless, or powerless? I think all three. Yeah, she would feel a she would feel like a failure because she failed to uh, provide for the family. She failed to maintain, um, you know, safety for everyone. She would feel worthless because she wasn't able to do it. She wasn't able to provide. And to be because that's one. how she identifies herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wouldn't be able to be the glue that holds the family together, and then powerless because she wouldn't be able to control the situation anymore. She would feel like and she feels responsible for the well-being of everybody. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Got it. Got it. All right. So, the anger when people don't listen to her or don't follow her direction. What's her worst fear, worst case scenario? Um, that people, yeah, that people just won't listen to her anymore and that the things won't get done the way that she wants them. Or people look down upon her? Um, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe that people are ignoring her. Like not her. only listen to her, but don't want to even associate themselves mm, with her. Mm, yeah, possibly. Okay, so if her worst fear were to happen, worst fear, worst case scenario, how would that make her feel the FWP and why? Failure, worthless. Or powerless. Oh yeah, she would definitely feel like a failure because nobody's listening to her. She, what she has to say isn't important. Worthless because yeah, what what 
nobody's listening. So her opinion isn't like valued and powerless because nobody's listening. So she has no power, no control. No. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Um, have you met your My fa- father? father? Uh, a long time ago. Long, long, long time ago. I think last time was, man, it's got to be like 14 years at this point, like 13 years. Okay. Okay. If it's like necessary, mm-hmm. we'll... We'll, we'll we'll visit it okay yeah just, on, i don't i don't know too much about him so okay, i really okay, honestly okay. wouldn't be able to know any so of we'll focus on this for now okay. yeah yeah so um okay all right i think we're ready and we went through this pretty fast because there's <laughs> only one parent like yeah, yeah yeah no worries okay. no worries okay so I want you to find some type of object that you can place onto your lap that has significant weight, preferably not a phone. Uh, significant weight, you said? Like a DSLR yeah, not- camera? You can do that. Yeah. Camera's good? All right. Cool. I got a camera right next to me. Okay. All right. All right. So, remember I talked about the gift of high sensitivity and high empathy. And mm-hmm. a, a way I describe that is I call them emotional attendance okay so i want this seems a little bit silly Mm -hmm. but uh, i want you to take your two index fingers and put them right on the sides of your head as Uh if like you had attendance on your head okay all right put them down all right so even if you place them down they're always there you were born with them they allow you to feel what other people feel Mm -hmm. okay now we're gonna do the emotional attendance exercise. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Okay. I want you to connect with your body because your true emotional attendance is your body. Mm-hmm. This is how you feel what other people feel. This is where you internalize them. This is where you store them. Now I want you to connect with all those negative emotions, worst fears, worst case scenarios, and the core negative feelings in your body and transfer it all to this object and weight on your lap. Transfer every last drop of it. You have no money. If you have no money, you're failing the family. Okay? You're, you're a failure. You don't have self-worth. Or in like political situations, you feel powerless. Transfer all of this or the feeling of being alone. Transfer all of this into this object and weight on your lap, every last drop of it. Now, when you do that, I want you to reframe what these negative emotions, feelings, and worst fears are. Reframe them as the emotional signals you picked up through your emotional attendance from your mother since you were a child. Allow that awareness to settle and to sink in in your body. And really feel all of that in that weight, in that object. Before it was subconscious, unconscious, but now you are conscious of this weight 
and the heaviness of it. Mm -hmm. So keep your eyes closed. So when you say like, oh, in the political situation, if Biden is elected and no change Mm -hmm. uh, ever takes place, you feel powerless. Not saying what you want isn't true, Mm -hmm. but that powerless feeling is that's when you're in your mother's movie, when things don't go her way, Mm. when people don't listen to her. Don't follow her direction. She feels powerless. She gets angry because anger is just a protection of pain. It's a way it's rooted in a feeling of powerlessness because like, well, I feel powerless, but I show this kind of like surface or image of strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if she, people don't listen to her, it makes her feel like she's like, well, she's worthless. And so when you're like, oh, you know, you get an argument and it lasts long mm-hmm. with your wife. Well, what if she leaves you? Well, she leaves you, she'll feel alone. And in that moment, you're in your mother's movie. Mm. That's your mother's feelings. Mm. And the money issue, your your mother grew up with the pressure and the burden and the responsibility to take care of her, her whole family all on her own. And she was so worried that she wasn't going to be able to do so. She put her responsibility as her identity Because if she were to fail at this, she would be worthless. She doesn't know another identity. And so when you think about like money, money, like, oh, what if I lose a job? Then in your married, in your, I don't know if you have children or about to have children. You're just like, oh, no, I'm going to fail my family. And that is your mother's feelings in that moment, in that time when you're growing up with her. Okay. So. You can uh, open your eyes. Wow, man. <laughs> that was a lot of feeling. That was a lot, a lot, a lot of feeling. And just I, I was just listening to you speak and everything was just coming up and all the things you were saying and just about my mom and, and how she grew up with financial problems. And, and now I'm living through that. And even the way that she didn't get married until very recently, until 2016, like, so even with her relationships, I've, I've witnessed her, a lot of her relationships go bad and, and a lot of arguing and stuff like that. And just to think about it now and how it all connects. The relation would go bad because of why? Uh, they would argue. My mom is just a hot headed person. <laughs> okay. 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 So any, I want to do an exercise with you too, because mm-hmm. you, you know, how do you separate from all this stuff that feels so much a part of your being, mm-hmm. you know, something that it's, it's, but so there's, there's an exercise that we can do, but before we proceed, any questions, thoughts, or feelings thus far? No, this is, this is great. Okay. Okay. So the exercise that we're going to do, I call it like this, how do you separate from all this stuff that which seemingly like is something have, have been a part of you feeling seemingly mm-hmm. uh, for all of your life. And mm-hmm. how do you separate from all this? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do something called S-A-M. Are you okay with a little playful cussing? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, okay. So S-A-M stands for shit ain't mine. Shit ain't mine. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What does that mean? That weight, that object on your lap, which is the emotional signals that you internalize in your body. Now you rightfully put it into this object separate from your body. Mm -hmm. That doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. Those are your mother's feelings mm-hmm. that you used your emotional antennas 
as a child, subconsciously and unknowingly felt it as if it was your movie, as if it was your experience. Mm. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when you say SAM, shit ain't mine, you're not saying this to your mother. Mm-hmm. You're saying this to yourself. Mm. Because if you misuse your gift of high sensitivity and internalize your mother's feelings into your space because you're so in tune with her, you love her. But then when those feelings are in your space, when that object is in your lap as it is, it is right now, it is it becomes your emotional kryptonite. Mm. It'll break you down physically, emotionally, and mentally. It'll make your life a, the living nightmare that it feels right now when you're like, oh no, student debt. Oh no, like they just hired me. They're gonna fire me. I'm new here. So that is mm-hmm. like that's the that's the nightmare of living in somebody else's movie because you can't fix it. It is a yeah. hologram. Mm-hmm. You try to put your hands through the hologram and every time you do so, nothing changes. Nothing. That is very, very painful and confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a mantra I want you to say out loud. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Two parts to it. So I want you to say out loud. I'm not an emotional sponge. I'm not an emotional sponge. But a source of light. But a source of light. Okay, so what does that mean? That mm-hmm. means if you miss your use your gift and you are that emotional sponge, it's your emotional kryptonite. Breaks mm-hmm. you down physically, emotionally, and mentally. You want to separate from what doesn't belong to you. Put it back in the space that it came from. Then you can shine your light. Mm. Then you can actually begin to be able to help others in mm. the most powerful way. Yes, okay. I, I like that a lot. So we're going to do the SAM exercise. Mm-hmm. So I want you to imagine personal, uh, like a healthy line of separation, mm-hmm. separating your personal space and the personal space of your mother. Okay. And when you put that object across the healthy line of separation, I want you to verbally say out loud, shit ain't mine. <laughs> and then feel your body separating from all these negative emotions, worse fears, and core negative feelings. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. If you're ready, you can do so. So just say it like financial problems, that shit ain't mine. Whatever, that financial yeah. problem is, oh no, I'll be alone if my oh, wife yeah. leaves me, which is mm, like this mm. feeling of worthlessness and the powerlessness. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, you feel so responsible for mm-hmm. your wife, for your family. And you just fix it. Like, what if they're going to fire me? Yeah, yeah. Or the political situation. I feel powerless. Like, that's mm-hmm. your mother's. Mm-hmm constant feeling that's why she's the hothead Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because she feels powerless yeah yeah so feeling powerless that shit ain't mine joe biden gets elected and no progress gets made that shit ain't mine (laughs) getting fired feeling the feeling is not yours if that happens you know like you may not like it that's in your rightfully so but but the feeling the feeling that it brings up Mm, yeah the feeling of of feeling worried if i get fired that shit ain't mine feeling of being frustrated when arguments aren't going my way that shit ain't mine either because because you would feel alone right because i would feel alone that shit ain't mine got it got it that's good i like it the way you you did it so <laughs> i want you to take that object put it across the healthy line of separation and verbally say out loud shit ain't mine and then feel your body separating <sighs> from right. these negative emotions and feelings mm. you gotta say it out loud I'm putting it all across the line of separation. No, did you say say shit ain't mine? That's all oh, I got to say. That shit ain't mine. Shit ain't mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Feels good, man. Good, good, good. 
All right.、Uh, this is the first half of separation. There's a second half, which is about the intergenerational healing、mm-hmm. that goes to the core of the core, the root of the root.、Mm-hmm. But、um, is there anything, any, any questions, thoughts, or feelings you have thus far? No, no, nothing.、Okay. This is great. Good, good. So I want you to really, because your gift of high sensitivity is not a destination. It's a muscle that you need to flex. You need、mm. to keep on practicing it.、Mm-hmm. So that's the emotional strength FIST process. Mm, mm. F stands for feeling. Feeling is healing. Remember, when we're always thinking, always doing, you gotta take some time just to feel that knot that you feel. Where do you feel it? In your throat, heart, chest. Stomach, yeah. So your chest, okay? So that's the one, like, I don't wanna feel it. So we're just constantly thinking, constantly doing. I want you to actually feel it.、Mm. Mm-hmm. And just say, feeling is healing. You don't even need to figure it out just yet.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Just You're giving it. it the medicine of love in order to heal. So, and you're、mm-hmm. creating a foundation for all the levels of healing and awareness.、Mm-hmm. So, you establish that foundation. Feeling is healing. Feeling is、I、healing. Is identify. Identify、mm-hmm. through the proof process. So, this is important. P E W F.、Mm-hmm. So, like, you feel that knot. Feeling is healing. Then you go, okay, what's the. What, em- what emotion are you experiencing?、Mm, anxiety. What problem is bringing up that emotion? What's my W is the worst fear, worst case scenario. Then, if your worst fear came true, how would that make you feel about who you are? The FWP, failure, worthless, powerless, and why. After you identify your core negative feelings, then you go to the S, which is separation, and that is whose movie am I in? Oh no, I'm in my mother's movie. And then I want you to visualize a miniature movie screen in front of your eyes. And when you catch yourself, like, oh no, I, you worry about money. You're like, then you, you visualize your mother in that miniature movie screen. You want to use your gift consciously and correctly. It doesn't mean you kick your mother out. You just see the movie, but you don't put yourself in the movie、mm-hmm. thinking it's yours. And that's when all the problems, pain, and trauma begins. Because, like, the word trauma, people think it's sexual, verbal, or physical abuse.、Mm-hmm. This, I call it intergenerational trauma because we don't even know that it's happening. Because、yeah. that kind of、uh, trauma, like verbal, sexual, physical abuse, we eventually know that it's wrong. But this trauma, we don't even know it's happening. And no, no matter what we do to try to fix it, our hands go right through the hologram. Okay?、Yeah. So when you catch yourself in that movie, you see that movie. See that, then visualize a stop sign in front of you. Instead of the word stop, it says SAM, Shade Ain't Mine. And that's what I want you to focus on、uh, for, for right now. That's the first half of the process.、Mm, beautiful, beautiful, man. That's, that's amazing. And I, I love it. Shit ain't mine. I'm going to be saying that all the time. And feeling is healing. That one is yeah, good yeah. too. And I am not an emotional sponge. I am a beacon of light. That, that was beautifully said, man. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right.、Um, I guess any last questions, thoughts, or feelings? No, just to the, for the listeners, you know, how can they get in touch with you? How could they go through this process if this is something they want to contact you about?、And- uh, yeah. So they can go to my website, heal from the ground up, H E A L from the ground up. So every.com. So that everything I do is about going to the root of it all.、Uh, they can either set up a, a private session, which they can schedule on the website, or they can join my master class. Mm-hmm. Which is actually step by step through the process, and I have recorded video call session because,、mm-hmm. like, you learn from what the example I shared, right? Uh huh. But when people listen to what you talked about today,、mm-hmm. they're gonna learn a lot, right?、Mm-hmm. So, through that, that masterclass has so many examples, yeah, 
of like in some heavy stuff like some like somebody like their mother committed suicide mm. last year wow um and someone like entrepreneur they feel lost and it's like you can peel back the layers it's beautiful amazing and you've really become uh free that's also amazing my, my podcast heal from the ground up as well heal from the ground up spotify google apple all those <laughs> yeah 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 amazing and i'm gonna yeah, put yeah. all those in the description down below that's amazing and and how long did it actually take you to to you know figure out this process and to to be able to use it on other people to help them I mean, it's always uh, ongoing. Like I am always collecting data. It's also it's all from my personal healing and transformation. But every time I meet another client or, you know, have a have a session, I always learn something. And then it's like I'm just adding more and more data to the data bank. Mm-hmm. And then I just created this process to go to the core of it all. Amazing. And, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Michael Shu. Thank you for, for doing this for me. This is a, a, a great experience and I suggest everybody should do it. Like, why not? This is something that really helps you um, become vulnerable and to the point where you are now open and you're learning about yourself. You're learning about things that you may not have even connected the dots that connected to your parents and to other uh, past generations. So this is something amazing and I hope all the listeners get something out of this. Yeah. I think one last thing is just I feel like the reason why we struggle so much with anxiety, anger, depression, mm-hmm. like it just keeps on coming up is because we're holding on to something that doesn't belong to us. Mm-hmm. So we feel like, oh, I, I need to fix my, heal my anxiety. Uh, it's my depression. Like it's just going to be ongoing because that's just the bandaid to the wound. Mm-hmm. So you can't fix the bandaid because you would just expose the wound. That's the whole mechanism of the bandaid just to avoid it. Just, mm-hmm. It's a beauty just to know that or this doesn't belong to me. And then when you know that, then you can actually do something about it. Mm, mm. Wow, beautifully said. Thank you so much for doing this for me, Michael. This was amazing. And I hope that you continue to help people and you continue to help um, just people learn about themselves and to heal and to become vulnerable and accept that feeling is healing. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who supports the show and has shared the show with a friend or a loved one. A special thank you to our guest, Michael Shu for coming on the show. And like I said, and like I've been saying these last few episodes as I do COVID-19 updates, everyone please stay safe. Everyone please try and stay indoors. Try and stay productive, stay creative, spend time with your families. But let's just try and get through this as fast as possible. Let's not overwhelm our healthcare system. And let's just try and get through this, man. They're, like This is crazy. My birthday is this month and i never thought i'd be celebrating my birthday like this but we all got to do our part to stay inside and keep our loved ones safe follow the show on twitter instagram and facebook facebook and instagram are a pretty normal podcast twitter is pretty normal pod message me if you'd like to come on the show or if there's any topic that i haven't covered that you'd like me to cover my name is xavier diaz and this was a pretty normal podcast